Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan McCarthy, watching in upstate New York, says, why does Saskatchewan have the best town names? Paradise Hill, Moose Jaw. Well, he says Flynn Flon, and that's actually Manitoba. And frankly, I'm partial to Medicine Hat. How about that? I also learn something every day. We learned today that Flynn Flon Manitoba stands for Flintibetty Flonaton, a fictional character from a 1905 novel. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Well, howdy-do, Canada and Canadian sports fans in the United States. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. We're coming at you on Game Plus Television Network and live streaming on YouTube. And it's been, as always, a lot of fun here at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. We've actually stayed on track with some topics today. Um, We've covered the Blue Jays, the Raptors being down 0-3, some NHL leftovers. That's all going to continue here into Hour 2. We're asking the viewers, what's the loudest sports venue you've ever been in that you recall? And coming up this hour, Sean Reynolds from uh, Sportsnet Winnipeg is going to join us to talk some jets and some ice. I'm very pleased to welcome to join the discussion Doug Dirks, who recently retired from CBC. By looking at him, you'd never believe this man would be close to retirement. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing very well, Rod. It's great, great to, to see here. you. Great to see you. Not been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> a Calgary, I want to just say Calgary sports legend, a CBC sports legend. I was saying to you, those coming down the hall here, you've literally done it all. Yeah. Absolutely. You have, haven't you? It ha- yeah, absolutely. Uh, four Olympic Games in the last uh, 15 years, hosted the uh, afternoon radio show on CBC for the last 10. Uh, you know, I had a chance to do some uh, wonderful events over the years for the National and, uh, you know, walk nine holes with Mike Weir Ooh. back in the day uh, when we did a profile of him in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I've had a chance to do everything. I've been to great cup games like you have in right. every city in the country that's hosted. Uh, and you've hosted Hockey Night in Canada. Let's not forget to yeah, have seen you on there. Yeah, I spent, yeah, spent, spent a little time on Hockey Night in Canada back in 2004, yeah. uh, you know, when the, when, when the big names couldn't make it to Calgary, when the Flames were on that <laughs> wonderful run. But. Yeah, you saw my arm during some of those interviews, for sure. <laughs> and but, the interesting yes. thing about that is that Harner Ryan Singh now, of course, yes. who's doing Hockey Night in Canada, uh, interned with me. Now, he's an Alberta guy, right? That Pat, river? Pat, uh, or, no, Brooks. Brooks. Grew, grew up in Brooks. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and are I'm you a Calgary. Calgary guy? 
Uh, actually, originally from Montreal, but I've been okay. in Calgary since the late 70s. And, of course, I had pit stops in Saskatoon and Regina. As That's well. what I thought. Yeah. Big city guy, but he's been everywhere. And the yeah. thing I always thought about you, Doug, is while you're a broadcaster, you like to get onto the playing surface yourself. And you're telling me you still do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still playing some golf. Uh, you know, it's, my, my game has deteriorated over the years because of some <laughs> physical issues. But uh, I should be 100% this summer and uh, heading back on the ice in the fall as well. Had a chance to play when I was young and healthier uh, with the Flames alumni uh, mm-hmm. in a couple of games where I had a chance to. I scored four goals in one game. Come on, in Carstairs. Who was the goalie? Well, we were playing, against their goalie. Yeah. No, no, no. We were playing. It was a charity event. We were playing a, like a senior men's team from Carstairs. It was a hockey day in Canada fundraiser, and uh, and the Flames alumni were short players, and I just happened to have a Flames jersey, and uh, and they said, "Hey, Dirksy, put on your jersey, get out there." And, and Perry Bears then said, just go stand in front of the net. We'll find you. And so, you know, those guys were so great. I had a chance to play with Lanny McDonald, Theron Fleury. And you know what it's like. You've oh, been on yeah. the ice with NHLers. It was so much fun. All I had to do was get to the spot, and, and the puck was in the net. There's a reason. They're and everybody's like, because I had my name on my back. You know, they're like, Dirks, who's he? I've never heard of him. <laughs> did, he, did he have a cup of coffee in the league? What was he his deal? He almost got a contract out of the deal. <laughs> well, we had the senior uh, – Rider, Rough Rider alumni hockey right. team, same thing. And we went out and played in this small town. It was uh, Stoughton, I believe. And yeah. I, the buzz in town was, we're going to cream these guys <laughs> from the local team. Oh, sure. We creamed them because we had Bob Poley. He played junior hockey. Oh, yeah. We oh, had a lot yeah. of, back in the day, guys played both oh, sports sure. at a high level, yeah. right? Yeah, I played against the Stan Peters alumni uh, team, too, actually. Yeah. Bruce Covington took out uh, part of my front teeth right off the opening draw, raised my stick, that. boom. I said, hey, Tuna, what are you doing? <laughs> Occupational hazard, huh? <laughs> yeah, then I put the cage on after that. Well, it's great to see you, Doug. You've always been such a good guy. And, you know, obviously I went to Mount Royal, watched on television here. So just to, on the theme of the day, what's the loudest that you remember being? It doesn't have to be a Calgary venue. Anywhere, what do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I've been to so many venues like you have over the years, of course. But, you know, when you brought up the topic, I thought I had to go back to 2004, that Flames run, yeah. when the, where the Saddle Dome was just rocking every game, especially as they got into that final uh, series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, they had a chance to win it, obviously. You know, the, the Mark, Martin Jelena phantom goal that people still are com- Ooh, yeah. worried about uh, or, or uh, debating. Uh, you know, there were, I mean, in those days, too, I mean, they booted us out of the press box, the local guys, but they, when, when the national people came in and the, meet, and the press, they needed the, you know, the, the laptop space. So we, I was in the last row. Were you here for that one? No. Last row of the Saddle Dome. It was like Bob Euchre. Hey, these seats aren't bad. <laughs> they were horrible. Last row of the Saddle Dome, we had like little 12-inch TVs to watch, but the, the, the sound would just bounce off of that roof in the Saddle Dome, and that had to be one that of the, the loudest. Loud, loudest venues I've ever been in. And, uh, you know, you just, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it because, you know, you know big events like the Super Bowl, Great Cups, uh, you know, 89, when I was working in Toronto, I, was at, I, I covered the uh, Blue Jays series against the uh, Oakland A's when they were in the playoffs uh, that year. And uh, it was in the auxiliary press box behind uh, the left field wall at Sky Dome, which was, you know, the original name of it, of course. And Jose Canseco hit the ball, uh, you know, and of course, again, we're watching on TV monitors. You heard the crack of the bat in the stadium, and the ball was over my head into the fifth deck before it was going on TV <laughs> because of wow. the, because of the uh, satellite delay. Yeah, and that how was, hard Jose hit it probably. Oh, yeah, it just crushed it. Yeah. Man, well, and what I was saying before you got here, for me, it was Winnipeg Arena 1999 World Junior Gold Medal game. I believe it was Canada, 
Russia. And I just, I had a friend screaming in my ear in the Winnipeg arena and I didn't, I turned him like, oh, you're yelling at me? I couldn't hear him. And he was right here. So, but that's, you get through COVID and you sit back and think now that the crowds are back, kind of makes you love sports even more, doesn't it? What about the Saskatoon? You raised a good question. Saskatoon, the 1990 World Juniors, when Saskatoon hosted and John Slaney scored that goal in overtime for Canada to beat Russia. And everybody in the press box stood, and you know, there's, you know, the old rule is no cheering in the press box, and 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 the place exploded. Uh, you know, smaller venue, of course. What about eight, nine thousand, maybe ten thousand people yeah. in the building, and uh, and that place was rocking as well. So. Well, when you said 89 Skydome, I thought you were going to say Grey Cup, uh, Saskatchewan Hamilton. I was at that game as well, you, yeah. It was kind of loud in Ridgeway, and yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic game as well against Hamilton, and uh, what a finish that was. And again, in the auxiliary press box, so I think we may have been in the end zone, actually, uh, when the ball went through. Do you ever sit back? Because you mentioned you just retired a few months ago, yeah. and just go, what a ride. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. And I, I'm sure like you, you know, when you start thinking about all the events you covered and all of the crazy things that happened over the years, you start mm-hmm. thinking about, uh, you know, I really should have written more of this down at, uh, along the path. And because I was thinking about writing a book and I, I might get around to it at some point because, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things where I was going to title it, say yes to the mess because, uh, you know, I've had so many, I mean, I anchored the local TV news here yes. for a while, hosted the radio show, did the Olympics and worked for CBC sports for all those years as well. So, so when you look, you, you connect the dots, right? I mean, you, like you, I don't know if you planned this career, but it evolved the way it has, no. and it's been a tremendous <laughs> ride. And, uh, and when you start looking back on it, and I'm not done either. You know, I'm, I've got some plans to yep. do some other things as well in this business. Um, it's just amazing the things we've had access to and the, and the people we've spoken to over the years. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to cover Annika Sorenstam when she played at Colonial, the first uh, woman to play in a PGA Tour event mm-hmm. and, and walk the fairways with her and some of the other events that I've done over the years. Uh, Haley, I mean, Haley Wickenheiser, you talk about you know, the, the pride of Shaunavan, Saskatchewan. Uh, I, I did a profile of her when she was on the women's uh, national team for the very first time at the age of 15. Wow. Here And, and followed her career all the way through. And, and what a career. Now, and now she's a doctor. Yeah. Like, it's just incredible, some of, the, some of the people you meet and some of the events you come. I wonder where she has the time yeah, exactly. to do the things that she does. Exactly. And that reminds me of a, of, of a media game I played against uh, Haley back in the day, too, when we, uh, you know, the, 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 we had a bunch of young media guys, and we played against the, the, the national team back in those days, and it was just going to be a fun little game. And I lined up against Haley, and I went in the corner, first shift, and she... Uh, she slashed me, and I thought it was going to be a friendly game, and that was not with her. It was no, game, no, no, no. It was game on. She was treating it like it was, uh, you know, the gold medal game. Didn't didn't give us any uh, any room whatsoever, and uh, you know, that just uh, you, you could just tell when she, from the time she was a teenager that she was going to. Be uh, hence, why she's had the career she's had the the uh, competitive nature, oh, and, smart and, and so talented. Smart. Yeah, absolutely. She's got it all. But I tell you, a few things flashing through my mind here, Doug. And by the way, for the viewers, I mean. They recognize the face. This is a broadcaster. You open the dictionary, I think Doug Dirk's photo is beside a broadcaster. And uh, one on the media auxiliary, we've seen it a little bit with the Flames this year. Because I've been in the press box, yeah. but there have been some games where they're like, Rod, we don't have room because so-and-so's in town. Sure. This team, we don't have room. Right. So I'm hoping come playoffs, because I'm expecting a long run. I'd be happy to be in the last row of the side alone because I was buying tickets for those games. Yeah, right. But the nice thing was the Flames called me after. They're like, okay, we got room for you now, which I thought was nice of them to call back. Sure, A lot of teams wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. But <clears throat> when you talk about our careers, 
after I left the rider job, I mean, you've known me or no, known of me. I was just a motorboat in a harbor. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just focused. Right. So when I left, I'd kinda, I hadn't looked back for 30 years. So somebody had said to me, who's the most famous person you've ever interviewed? And I had to think about it for a second. It was John Candy, Argos, 91. And I was only 18 years old, <laughs> right? So I didn't really realize at the moment, sure. but it was the height of the great outdoors and planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. 1991, Doug. And he came in with the Argos, and maybe he came here with the Argos to Calgary. Do you, do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was in scrums with John Candy Wasn't that something? back in those days as well. Yeah. In fact, when they shot Cool Runnings here, I was an extra in that movie. Out you the, better write a book. No, out at the Calgary airport. But yeah. this, I've told this story before uh, on my own show, and, and our traffic reporter used to, oh, wait, oh, this is the Cool Runnings story, right? But for the people watching <laughs> yeah. now and listening. So um, it was a 6.30 a.m. call out at the airport. It was the airport scene when they get here. And, uh, and so we're all there. I played like a customs agent. I was wearing the polyester outfit. And 6.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock, we're all waiting. But, like there's a whole cast and crew is there waiting for John. John rolls in and goes, sorry, gang, I slept in. And meantime, I hadn't eaten anything. So, uh, so there were some, you know, pile of muffins and bananas on a table. And I went over and had a muffin and a banana. And one of the uh, assistant directors said, oh, excuse me, you can't eat up. That's Mr. Candy's That's his craft, whole meal. craft table. I went, listen, I know John's a big guy, but I don't think he needs yeah. six dozen bananas and 48 muffins. Probably wouldn't have touched it anyway. <laughs> and then that scene, and then, of course, the movie comes out, and the scene got cut out of the movie. The only, the, the, the arrival is when they come out, of the, mm-hmm. come out of the airport freezing with the, you know, the icicles on their faces. And so that was my, my one brush with movie fame, and it landed up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> what? year would that have because that was modeled after the 88 olympics yeah roughly what yeah, year that would have been early 90s like 90 okay. 91 92 yeah. maybe when i look back at because it. toronto radio was in to do the argo game and yeah. and they'd asked me to interview john candy for the post game show right. back then it was cell phones i was on the sidelines oh, and yeah. what'd you think of the game yeah. john immense human being oh yeah Oh, like yeah. as big as you he think, had a, right? A lot of presence. Yeah, <laughs> I was like six three, and yeah, so he was the most famous guy yeah. for me. But how about you? Who would be the most famous guy you ever in? Uh, well, interesting that you raised some of the people that you know, like Dan Aykroyd. Uh, did, yeah. did a live hit with Dan Aykroyd when he was promoting the vodka down at the Saddledome, and I think perhaps Dan had sampled a bit had of a, the product. <laughs> right. So that was an interesting interview. Um, yeah, and the radio show has been fantastic. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had Martin Short and. Uh, Steve Martin on, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was live, and and it was hilarious because at one point the doorbell rang at Martin Short's house because it was a you know three way conversation. He said, "Oh, excuse me, I have an exterminator coming. I have to go." So he goes to the door. Steve Martin, meantime, is you know, we're chatting, and and so Martin Short comes back to the phone, and and I said, I said, so what's the problem? He goes, oh, he goes, I've got ants all over my house, so I've got so. So we were getting this live play-by-play play of Martin <laughs> Short's exterminator on the scene. So, oh, yeah. wow. Jim Cuddy. We had Jim Cuddy at Blue Rodeo in the studio play. I mean, that was the other thing, playing. Uh, he had a new solo album, playing live. Or not live, but we pre-taped it because, you know, he was on the tour. And it was funny because halfway through the song, he forgot words to his own song. Whoops. And he went, <laughs> can I start again? I said, well, you're lucky you we're not tape, live. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, wow. we've got all the tape in the well, world. Well, and speaking of. Are you good for another segment? Yeah, after absolutely. This? Sure. Just to tee that up a little bit, this is an exciting weekend, Calgary Comic Expo, and so we obviously you're not limited to sports. This is an exciting weekend with what you're doing. And anybody this calls, I answer the phone, Rod. These yeah. days, that's how it works. Right. So talk about who's in town and sure. what's going on. Yeah. 
No, right now. Just oh, to right tee now. up the next segment. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, of course, this is a big weekend here at the BMO Center in Calgary uh, down in Stampede Park, and uh, this has been happening for years now, and they've done a tremendous job of organizing this. You have some of the biggest names uh, in sci-fi and, uh, I mean, classic movies and celebrities, and uh, William Shatner is here, uh, of course, just went into space, uh, whom I've interviewed before as well. Uh, John Cleese from Monty Python fame, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. I mean, the list, the hobbits are here. Uh, the list goes on and on. In fact, it started today, and usually it starts with a, a parade. It's cosplay where, where the people who go to the event dress up as their favorite characters from various TV shows and, and movies and sci-fi, uh, you know, video games, and it's, it's quite the spectacle. You should see your face. You look like a, a kid. It's so excited about <laughs> because this. Because it's, it's, you know, yeah. I used to take my kid to down there when yeah. he was little, and, 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 uh, and, and it's grown exponentially since then, and uh, it's become really an international event. People come here from all over the, all over the world. This it's going to be a great weekend. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit uh, Stanley Cup playoff matchups, if that's sure. cool. Yeah, uh, maybe some CFL stories and whatever the viewers would like to talk about. We'll be right back with Doug Dirks broadcasting. Great. You're watching the RP Show live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino in Calgary on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live. And if you've missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy the best podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Welcome back to The RP Show, everybody, on this beautiful Thursday. It's episode number 741 of your favorite daytime Sports Entertainment Talk Show. By the way, just checking, what do we have here? Uh, the living legend, eight-time Grammy Award winner, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, and most influential blues artist of all time, Buddy Guy, returning to the Grey Eagle Event Center stage April 30th. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And as a matter of fact, if you come down and enjoy Calgary's Best Buffet right here at the Grey Eagle, you can enter a contest to get two free tickets for that as well. So uh, everything's coming up aces, Doug Dirks. Everything's coming up aces around here. And you got the roast beef dinner here on the weekends for eleven ninety nine. Who doesn't like that? And I live 10 minutes from here. I've spent some time down here. Have you, have, yeah. Have you seen the lineups for it? <laughs> you better get here early. Yeah, they love it. They but absolutely I can't do love skip it. the dishes or DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, not for buffets, unfortunately. So th there's this wonderful, I don't know if you are a score app guy, mm -hmm. the score app. Yep. Yep. And every day they have the NHL playoff matchups, or sorry, NHL playoff matchups if they started today. Right. I'm sure you're watching this. And there's a... Okay, let's just start. Who do you identify as your NHL team? Do you... You know, it's interesting. I grew up in Montreal, so obviously uh, I was a huge Habs fan when I was mm -hmm. a kid because they were winning the Stanley Cup, you know, every other year. Yeah. <laughs> and in some cases, every year for a while when I was young. So, and then, of course, I came out to Calgary and started covering the Flames. Uh, worked in Toronto as well. But, uh, you know, I'm not really... I mean, I don't know about you, but as a broadcaster, I started cheering for the story mm -hmm. more than the team. So, uh, yeah. I change my favorite team every few years. Yeah, I like to, I like to yeah. see certain teams play well. I mean, yeah. you know, back in the day when Jerome Aginla was the captain of the Calgary Flames, I really wanted the Flames to win for Jerome. Now, I can't, and, and you know, if you're a Montreal fan, this is going to be heresy. I'd like to see Toronto win this year because of Mark Giordano and, and what he yeah. meant to this franchise. You really liked him, huh? For so long. He, classy guy, always available, much like Jerome. So it would be nice to see uh, Mark Giordano get his Stanley Cup. So 
<clears throat> that's why I asked. And you said you worked in Toronto from Montreal, yeah. been here. Yeah. So you have a lot of places, allegiances maybe. Tonight, the Leafs are at Tampa Bay. And if the playoffs started today, that's a matchup. <laughs> right. So what do you think they're that, thinking? That Atlantic division is the division of death. It's a killer. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's Death Valley. But do you think tonight would be any kind of a microcosm or an indication of how a series would go? Uh, yeah, too early, I think. I, you know, I mean, obviously they want to send a message, but we've been down this path before. I think a lot of teams now, they want to solidify their, their playoff spot, obviously. Certain teams are, you know, locked and loaded. It uh, looks like the Flames are going to win the Pacific, yeah. uh, you know, unless they have a catastrophic uh, stretch down, you know, down the, the finish line here. But, um, sure, I, I think, you know, the coaches are going to experiment down the stretch for, in games like this, but do you really want to give away that much? No. That's, that's the yeah. thing. And, and, of course, um, you know, goaltending is going to be an issue in that series, in every series for the Leafs, I think. I mean, they're leaning on, you know, they're hoping that Jack Campbell and, you know, and, and they get some goaltending from other places as well. But, um, yeah, again, it's like the Flames and the Oilers and who, who are you going to see here in the last few weeks and then in the first round of the playoffs? And then you start thinking ahead to the second round. And, and when you look at the East and you've got Florida, I mean, Florida is just so good and so deep. Um, and the Flames, I mean, you know, they, they've got some young guys who are untested. And everybody right now is talking about Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. Is he going to have the kind of playoff that he's had previously where, you know, he's having a career season here, but is he going to struggle in the playoffs when, you know, the, the checking gets tighter and the referees put the whistles away a little bit more? So there's a lot of unanswered questions here as we, as we head into the playoffs. But it's delicious, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like I get the sense that, well, everywhere, not just here, but Edmonton, they can't wait for the playoffs. Let's get it going because mm -hmm. it looks like the Oilers are going to play the Kings for – a couple of weeks right. now they've lined up against each other. For the Flames, it changes every day. One day they're playing Nashville, next day it's Dallas right. and whoever. Yeah. And I don't think the Flames care, but what I, I don't think they do. You know, Daryl, it's about them. Well, you know, Daryl, it's all yeah. about, yeah, we, we control what we can control and, uh, and we play the way we can, we're capable. We should be fine. Mm -hmm. But Kristen Odlin slash Anderson yeah. was in here last week, and right. I asked her about the, you know, because the old-time hockey guys in this town and old-time media guys are like, I, you haven't done nothing. You've hit 100 points? Great. Yeah. Do something in the playoffs. And Kristen, I still call her KO. That was her nickname. Yeah. Still is her, her nickname. She was there so sick of it, hearing that. Oh, of course. But that'll be the, that'll be the fire for sure. them. That should be enough, don't you think? Well, <laughs> it all depends on the opponent. All yeah. depends on, on, on the goaltending on the other side. I mean, look at, look at Edmonton right now. Mike Smith... You know, he's 40 years old. We've seen this act before from Mike. I mean, you know, when the Flames played uh, the Avalanche and they were favored uh, a couple of years back, uh, Mike stood on his head and the Flames still were overwhelmed by the Avalanche. So, you, I mean, it's, yeah. it's so unpredictable. That's why we watch, right? You have no idea. I mean, we can, you know, we can sit and look at the matchups and decide, you know, who's going where and, and who's going to finish uh, in this position and, and take out this other team in the first round of the playoffs. But nothing's certain. And, and it comes down to who's injured, right? We don't know who's hurt right now. I mean, there are going to be guys in the last couple of weeks of the season when you try to you take your foot off the pedal once, once you're locked. I mean, a guy like Gaudreau is not a big guy, and he, and he plays a lot of minutes. Do you give him a game off? Is it, does it come down to that, you know, that NBA, that load management yeah. that was so popular? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you give Markstrom a couple of nights off and let Vladar play for the Flames you know, down the stretch as well and get him ready just in case you need a backup goalie to – to see some time during the playoffs, it, it becomes this, whole, this huge chess game, and, it, and no one's better at it, fortunately for the Flames, than Daryl Sutton.
that's the key. That's the difference from the last time the Flames right. were in the playoffs. Sure. You know. Uh, by the way, from the viewers, if you don't mind, Ted and Red Deer's watching. He says, the loudest stadium for me, old Chicago Stadium. Oh, yeah. Opening night, 75th season, 1991. Oh, I'm sure. I'd never made it there. Did you ever make no, it? I never made it there. Um, Jeff Cabellis in Winnipeg says, I was a huge Aginla fan and followed Calgary till he was gone. Dan in Winnipeg says, where's your ice jacket? Uh, the ice <laughs> gave me a hat, not a jacket. Okay, so if they give me a jacket, I will wear, I will wear it. Um, Tacona in Winnipeg says, Jonathan Huberto for the Hart Trophy. Hard to argue. Not a lot of votes down there in South Florida, unfortunately. Um, Edmonton, Toronto, there are a lot. Yeah. Jennifer at the Four Seasons Sports Palace says, playoffs are a different kind of beast. And with that, she's right. I didn't see the orders pulling this out. I think they're even surprised by what's happened here. Good I'm not for, joking. No, good for them. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, if you saw the Connor McDavid clip after the game last night, you know, he said, uh, what were we, eight points out of a playoff spot and sliding in, in the midpoint mm-hmm. of the season? A lot of people wrote them off. And, and again, it came down to they were like, they don't have the goaltending. Their defense is kind of suspect. Uh, but they went out and got Evander Kane. I mean, and that was a controversial move. I mean, there are a lot of still people. Still is. Still is, absolutely, yeah. for a number of reasons. But he's, you know, he's fit in well, and, and he seems to have integrated nicely into that lineup. Uh, you know, their younger guys seem to be playing better. Um, McDavid and Dreisaitl, I mean, they are, you know, you look at Kachuk and Goudreau here, and down in Florida, you got Huberdeau and Barkov. Uh, Barkov. I mean, yeah. you've got some amazing uh, talent uh, across the league. But, uh, you know, Edmonton, for whatever reason, they, they're playing confidently. And, and if you peak at the right time, you know what it's like. I mean, you, could, you can have a tremendous regular season, but if things go south in the first couple of games of a series, it can be over in a hurry. Here's my take. Well, I, I can't say that I know what the orders are going to do because I didn't see them turning it around, yeah. and they have. So bravo to them. Yeah. They said they weren't going to fire the coach. Right. They did. Uh-huh. And Jay Woodcroft's come in and, and hats off to him. Mike Smith was one shutout off setting an order's oh, yeah. record. Like, who saw that coming? But, Doug, in the playoffs, as you know, if you blow a game, yeah. particularly with goaltending, you got to win two to get it back. And I'm not sure they're capable of doing that. Whereas Jacob Markstrom, he didn't do that. <laughs> well, Markstrom, yeah, Markstrom reminds me of uh, Mika Kippersoff in 2004, yes. right? He has very a, much. You know, Kipper, Kippersoff would have the occasional bad game or, or give up the occasional bad goal. But the thing about Kippersoff was the next game, he would lock it down. Like, you, you, you know, and you knew I, that was going to happen. That, and I think, and his teammates knew that, and that yeah. gave them the confidence, right? They're not, you're not starting to play on your heels where you're going, oh, ooh, you know, there was a, there was a weak one, and this guy has a history of it. And, and we've all been on benches as players and, you know, as, as reporters where you feel that on the bench, right? Guys start going, mm, we can't really take any chances here because uh, it may wind up in the back of our net because this guy's. You know, we don't have a lot of confidence in, in him. Whereas when you've got guys like Markstrom in goal, uh, who are so consistent, uh, I think it just changes the way teams yeah. play. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch the game within a game. Like when Vegas was here Thursday, I was in the press box for that, and Markstrom got pulled when it was yeah. 4-1. Mm-hmm. Did you see him slam the oh, game? Yeah. yeah, he was mad. Sure. And people are like, oh, he should be mad. I'm like, no, he's mad because it wasn't his fault. And right. he is humble enough. to. If it's your I was a goalie. You know if it's your fault. Sure. That was not his fault. You know what? Well, he would have liked to have made right, the saves, but I, yeah. I, the skaters wilted, and Daryl pretty much said it after the game, right? Yeah. He goes, I saw this building all week. So it wasn't a Markstrom thing. Don't think that he wilted that night. 
he's the goalie that you think that he is. So, anyways, it's going to be fun in the Stanley Cup playoffs. A, but that's a Daryl Sutter move too, right? He's not he's not punishing Markstrom for those four goals. He's also sending a message to the rest of the team: you let this guy down, yes. who has been so good for you. So you better pull up your socks here because he, you know, he didn't deserve that. I just wonder how many people understand that. Does he need to log in again, guys? Yes, we. We just saw, uh, yeah. Can you do that for Doug? Because um, we got about five minutes left with Doug Dirks, and I got us swinging around to the CFL discussion. You've covered so many great cups, and one thing that I didn't know, I haven't spent this much time in Calgary since I went to college here, and yeah. it's 30 years ago, my <laughs> friend. The stamps are a big deal here. Yeah. Very big deal. What are some of your favorite times covering them? Wow. Uh I mean, when you look back over the last uh, it again, Darren, please. three decades, I mean, uh, again, those are the, you know, I was here, I started here um, just at the tail end of the Doug Flutie era. So I had Doug Flutie and you had Jeff Garcia. I mean, when you look at the quarterbacks who've come through this city over the years, Unbelievable. Dave Dickinson, uh, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, obviously now, um, uh, you just look at the uh, Henry Burris. <laughs> I mean, the list, the names go on and on yeah. and on of, of the talent that, that has been here and some of the other names, you know, the people that, the, and, and the great thing about, as you know, about the CFL, having covered the CFL forever, is, um, you know, the games are exciting, of course, and we all love Canadian football, but it's, it's, it's the access to the players that you have and how generous they are with their time and also they will open themselves up to you, unlike athletes in a lot of other sports who are, you know, on kind of message track. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the thing that I enjoyed about it. Like if you, you know, certain guys you could count on in any sport to actually deliver the goods. But in the CFL, you, you got to know the players in a different way. And you still do, I think, because of access. Uh, whereas, you know, obviously during COVID, now you're on a podium and, or, or over Zoom, Zoom or yeah. whatever. And it's not the same. You don't develop those relationships. And that's the big the big difference, of course. And then seeing the players, uh, you know, go leave their careers and then go on to become, you know, fire chiefs in town and, and just real pillars of the community. I think that that's, that's the thing I think that, that I was really most excited about was the personality. The next time you come back, maybe it'll be during CFL season, we can go even more deep on that because Wally Buono, I always say, go to a sports banquet, folks, because you yeah. get the stories you'll never get on TV. Right. And, and Wally at a banquet I was at said, his biggest regret was he never had a chance to coach Bo, Le Bo Levi. He was, he's that special. When Wally says it, you can believe it. Have you had a chance to see uh, Young Rock? It's uh, oh, yeah. Dwayne Johnson, right? And, and, the, and they just did a couple episodes where he was in Calgary with the Stampeders, and they had, uh, they had the actor playing Wally Buono. I don't think they, they gave him the credit that he was due. No, but, I asked but, Lee <laughs> Genye, who's sitting over here, if yeah. it was accurate, and he said, accurate enough. Would yeah. you say it was accurate? Yeah, I thought it was pretty accurate, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was here for 50, again, he was here for 15 minutes. And, and the name right. of his production company is Seven, Seven Bucks, Bucks Productions, and that's what he left town with. Seven Bucks so. in his pocket. Yeah. I think Lee was the guy that dropped him off at the airport. You couldn't give him more than Seven Bucks, Lee? Was it Seven Canadian Bucks or Seven <laughs> yeah. U.S. Yeah. Bucks? Yeah. Seven, seven, <laughs> seven Canadians. Canadian. So it was four, four American dollars back then, yeah. Oh, uh, Doug, this has been great. I hope to see you around the Calgary Comet Expo this weekend, but uh, thanks so much for the time. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Good it is. Sean Reynolds joins us next from Sportsnet Winnipeg. Uh, a wonderful sports day today down at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
you gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The RP Show continues from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. You see that? A beautiful morning here in Southern Alberta. And Doug Dirks will be coming back. Some wonderful stories from him. What a wonderful time in sports. We've got the junior hockey players firing up and the dub playoffs getting rolling tonight with one game. The rest get going tomorrow. But the Winnipeg Jets are not going to be in the playoffs. And joining us to talk about it is Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet Winnipeg. I appreciate the time. As always, uh, there's Rennie. How you doing today, Sean? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Oh, uh, it's a day talking sports. It's great. It's another great day. But I listen, we're going to get around to the Winnipeg Ice and what I think could happen there with that franchise and that city. But for the Jets, when did your town officially realize it's over for the year? Or have they yet and started looking to next year and what's next? <laughs> Well, it was official as of last night with that uh, Vegas Golden Knights win. Um, those who were paying attention to the playoff chances knew that this was done, you know, probably with roughly 20 games left in the season. I mean, the Jets were going to need to turn things around and be, you know, winning at a pace amongst the best uh, franchises in the NHL. I mean, if you take a look at what the Edmonton Oilers have done once Woodcroft t- took over, I think, I believe they've since that coaching change has happened they're the third best team record wise in the nhl behind um uh, behind colorado and florida that's what the jets needed to do they needed to put up those kind of numbers to get back into the playoff race based on what you could expect everyone else to do uh i think they got some favors along the way uh by some other teams um you know even down the stretch here dallas is kind of falling apart had uh i don't want to say falling apart but they've lost two straight games had the jets put themselves in a better spot especially when they had games against dallas earlier in the year they proceeded to lose their last three games to dallas that really put them behind the eight ball i remember saying uh in early february those games coming up against Dallas were absolutely crucial because you could see what was going to keep the Jets out of the playoffs was the strength of all the teams in the Central Division. There were five teams ahead of them. You can't get in if you've got five teams in your division ahead of you. So they needed to catch one of those teams. And when they lost three uh, their last three games against the Dallas Stars, for me, the writing was all on the wall then. You know fans, they like to keep hope alive and hope has been kept alive until fairly recently. But in all honesty, the, the writing's been on the wall for the Jets to miss the playoffs for for some time now i agree and to be honest uh for me it was when kevin shovel day off came out i guess it was around the trade deadline and said i believe in this group because i remember darren dreger was on here he agreed with chevy and i said i don't believe in this yeah but what i'm asking i agree as well sean yeah i just i don't believe in this group and i'm just wondering what's the buzz in winnipeg because yesterday we talked about who will be the coach of the jets next year threw out some names included dave lowry in the list are they talking about who's going to be on the bench next year, or are they talking about changes higher? Well, I don't think that's not the way this organization works. You won't hear about this stuff until it happens. I mean, Paul Maurice mm. surprised everyone when he stepped away, right? This is an organization. The joke I always I always say is Kevin Dayoff doesn't keep his cards close to his vest. He keeps them on the inside pocket of his vest. That's how mm. tight he is with his information. Um, th- this is a, an organization that was birthed into the NHL by keeping the great NHL secret, a secret, 
right until the very last moments uh, before it happened. So their practice in this, it's how they operate. Um, I don't think that there, you're going to be hearing that much in the way of information about what's going to be happening here. Now, what's going to be happening, uh, you know, that's one thing. What should be happening, that's another thing. I mean, if you take a look at what's happened here, in my estimation, there should be a complete and total review from top to bottom um, of where this franchise lies. I mean, the, the one thing that I think stands out most this year is the Previous seasons before this, starting 2018, the Jets were supposed to be assuming the role as the best team in the NHL and a team that was going to be a very good team for years to come, if not a team that was capable of winning a couple of cups. The next year, things fell apart in 2019. Then a whole bunch of the defense left. Dustin Bufflin stepped away. And what we've been told, the organization has believed over the last couple of years, is that Dustin Bufflin stepping away from this team crippled the defense and left them in a position where this team could not compete until that that uh, until that hole was filled. Well, they filled that hole this year with Schmidt and Dylan who are brought in, and that wasn't the problem. And so the the estimation by this team that the problem has been Dustin Bufflin stepping away, and that's what's kept them from competing for the last three years, I believe was proven wrong this season. Which means you've let three years go pointing to a problem that wasn't the real problem. So now you're in a situation where you got to try all these years later to figure out what the issue is, what isn't going right. We're asking players about the answers. They don't have the answers. I don't know that a lot of people do have the answers. Um, it's going to be interesting to talk to Kevin Shevel Day off when this is all said and done and get an idea of what, you know, because th this is a team that thought it was Stanley Cup ready, that it was going to be competing for the Stanley Cup this season. That didn't happen. So we need to get get an idea from you know the power brokers on this team what they think went wrong and what they think the solutions are because we haven't heard any idea of what that would be from the people in power in this organization so far uh, and and the fans are going to want to know this it's gonna, they're going to be demanding to know those answers as they should yeah i had them second in the central pushing colorado Me and too. As it is their sixth yeah, exactly. So it's not up to you and me, Rennie. Uh, <laughs> right? It's up to the ownership and, and Chevy and they'll decide if Chevy's part of the process moving forward. Listen, we just had Doug Dirks in here, CBC Calgary, CBC national legend. And that powder blue jacket over your shoulder makes me think of that. <sighs> what is the story? I don't think I've ever asked you. What's the story on the Hockey Night in Canada blazer over your shoulder? Oh, they so they popped these out for a one-time-only event a couple of years back. And if you remember Patrick Laine's five-goal game in St. Louis, that night across uh, the network, we were busting out the powder blue jerseys. Um, and we were wearing those for for uh, that one-night-only kind of thing. And then we were auctioning them off for charity. So it just so happened on that night, uh, Patrick Laine went off, had his five-goal game, Patrick Lyonnais is a really accommodating guy. So he had, I think he used about three hockey night in Canada towels that night. Cause you know, we did the first intermission interview, second intermission interview, third inter or, you know, post game interview. And he just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. And because he's such a great talker, we brought him out a bunch of times. So he signed one of the hockey night in Canada towels and signed the blazer that I was supposed to sign an auction off. And he, Rod, you'll probably know this. If it's just me signing it and trying to auction that off, I don't know how much interest there's going to be. But when you added Patrick Laine's uh, signature to it on the night he had, you know, his best night ever in the NHL, uh, we did very good selling that jersey and making, or sorry, selling that uh, jacket and making some money off it. I did work at CBC 
before this. And I was also given a powder blue jacket as a going away gift. But this is also, you'll have seen this before on Hockey Night in Canada. So it's like, I've got three of these jerseys through this or th uh, of these jackets through this. But the picture you can see on it is a bunch of guys dressed up in that jersey. They call themselves the Traveling Baby Blues. And they go to uh, NHL games kind of all over the place, a group out of Winnipeg here. And they dress up like that. And one of them dresses up like Don Cherry. And they dress up like 70 CBC broadcasters. Super fun group uh, who I've got a relationship with. Great guys. And they gifted that to me, knowing the one that I actually wore got auctioned off. Well... In this COVID, you've seen the team logos go up on Twitter, and they're like, what's the first thing you, who's the first person you think of when you see this? So with that, jer that jacket, mine would be Dave Hodge. He's the first thing I think of mm -hmm. when I see that. Who would be yours? Who would be yours? I mean, I was not quite uh, old enough to, I mean, we all look back on Dave Hodge and toss in the pen. And, and so that's yep. definitely, <laughs> that's definitely a guy who I think about now. When I first thought about it, I think it would have been Ron McLean. I mean, when I, I remember being young uh, and, and watching Hockey Night in Canada and just when that, you know, Coach's Corner music came on, it was, you knew something was happening, right? It was special. Uh, and Don, uh, clearly didn't wear this he wore his own uh he wore his own jackets but i remember ron wearing that uh so yeah he's the first guy that i think of with that so the fact that we did that broadcast that night and he was kind of you know running the mothership back at home in toronto as we were doing that it was a pretty special moment for me no doubt oh yeah well uh, i'm i'm envious of your blazer there and i also think of brian mcfarlane and howie meeker stop it right here great times <laughs> so just to the ice with the Jets out, I just sense from our viewers in Winnipeg that this city could get behind the ice. I mean, what, what's the buzz there? Or, or the Moose taking over, because I don't follow them as closely. What, who's got the focus there this spring? Well, that's just it. I mean, this has been a massively uh, underwhelming and disappointing season by the Winnipeg Jets, and the fans are feeling it, no doubt about it. Um, but boy, oh boy, you get to step out, and if you're interested in watching good hockey, you get to watch a team that's, you know, has a, every ability to challenge for the Calder Cup in the Manitoba Moose, who are playing phenomenal hockey this season and have overcome so much, uh, so many hurdles this year, a real easy team to get behind and to root for. And then you've got the Winnipeg Ice, who, uh, you know, number one team, number one ranked team in the country. Uh, they've got NHLers playing there already. They've got future NHLers and probably future NHL stars like crazy. Probably have two kids who are going to go in the top 10 uh, the, in the draft this year in Savoy and Geeky. And then maybe Benson will go top five or top three next year as well. He's a 16-year-old. I mean, there is nothing that you could hope for as a junior hockey fan to go into a building and hope to see that you can't see in this Winnipeg Ice team. Uh, and so, uh, James Patrick, actually, we're going to be having uh, Kenny and I on our K&R show. We're going to be having James Patrick on our long-form show today. We're doing a special edition of the show tomorrow leading into uh, the opening game, game one for the uh, Winnipeg Ice, as they start their journey toward the Memorial Cup. But, I mean, th these are two teams that will be easy to root for, easy to get behind, play hockey the right way. Uh, you talk about that ice team, they got a ton of stars, and yet they're committed to playing the game the right way. So uh, it's, it's interesting because in a year where hockey fans in Winnipeg have every reason to be upset, they also have every reason to be excited, and we're spoiled in this city when it comes to our hockey viewing options. I hope the fans realize uh, that. Believe me. 
Uh, yeah, well, let's get the word out. That's all we can do, guys like you and me. Kenny and Rennie Show, a plug for your podcast, if you don't mind, before I let you go in. Yeah, I mean, we do post-game shows, so there will be one tonight as we deconstruct what happens between the Jets uh, and the Carolina Hurricanes. We do a long form where we kind of tie into people, you know, from the Canadian media landscape, which, by the way, we'd like to have you on one time if you would ever uh, be interested in hopping on with us if the timing works out, uh, because we love your story, and I I absolutely uh, adore the stuff that you do. You're doing great work. Um, but we'll have James, uh, James Patrick is going to be on tonight, today uh, at three o'clock uh, Manitoba time here. John Shabbat from Hockey Night in Canada in Cree is going to be joining us as well. And then, like I would said, tomorrow we'll be doing uh, a special edition to kind of kick off uh, this run that the ice are trying to go on and hopefully build up some interest. Because, again, uh, boy, oh, boy, we're lucky to have these the, these kids in town playing the way they are. It's, it could be something special to witness here. So I hope Winnipeggers realize it and get out to see it. That's all we got to do. Like I say, get the word out. That's what the ice wants uh, from us. Rennie, keep it up, man. Love you, brother. Love what you're doing. And uh, enjoy the spring. Right back at you, Rod. Thanks. Sportsnet Sean Reynolds joining us from the Slurpee Capital. Overtime's next. The Moose will rejoin us. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio, rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, it's overtime brought to you by Taco Time. And just before we bring the moose in, I just want to rattle off a couple sports notes in our Hour 2 sports update. The Newfoundland Growlers of the Canadian Elite Basketball League announced this morning that the club has signed American forward Khalil Whitney for the upcoming CEBL season. He's a six foot six small forward. Nothing small about that, Moose. From Chicago, Illinois, currently playing for the NBA G League Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So that's one of the new teams in the CEBL. The Newfoundland Growlers. Canadian curling fans have a series of three world curling championships to turn their attention to as we near the end of the international curling season. This Saturday, the World Mixed Doubles Curling Championship and the World Senior Men's and Women's Curling Championships will begin in Geneva. Canada represented by Olympians Jocelyn Peterman of Winnipeg, Brett Gallant of St. John's, Newfoundland, Sherry Anderson, and uh, Wade White. And Canada's National Open Golf Championships will welcome a new beer partner as Golf Canada has selected Sleeman Breweries and their premium portfolio of beers, led by Sleeman Clear 2.0, is the official beer of the Golf Canada RBC Canadian Open and CP Women's Open. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bar. All right, let's get him in. Let's get him on your screen. Darren Moose DuPont, who's been running around here. Like a chicken with their head cut off, as my mom would say. Been real busy around here today. You're on the phone. You're typing stuff yeah, out. What's just, going on? Just, you know, there's, Tell a lot, us. there's a lot of heat today. A lot of heat. I know, right? You know, trying to get some, uh, some social out. And one of the things I wanted to get out, like, we talk about the loudest arenas. That's going to go out. We're going to try and engage everybody with that. Oh, but, yeah. But that doesn't have to go out right now. But what does is I, I put out, you know, kind of who gets into the playoffs, because I think that's really topical right now. You know, um, big night last night with Dallas losing and Vegas winning, mm-hmm. getting that extra point in overtime. They really narrowed the gap. And now Dallas has a tough one with, with Calgary tonight. Vegas is off for a little bit. So there's a chance here that those races are incredibly tight between Vancouver, who's probably the long shot, 
but then it's LA, Vegas, and Dallas. And two of the teams can get in, and two will be out. So four or five games left for these teams. Really exciting. We really hit on something with that loudest uh, stadium thing. And by the way, more people writing in, just text the term Tough Tribe to our text number 902-518-3033, and we'll be awarding at the end of the week a prize package for two viewers that have texted Tough Tribe to the 902 line. And I'm telling you, I use it every day. You use it every day. It's made the road trip with us. Yes. I can't live without the pomade. That is a fact. I'm using these peppermints uh, shampoo all over yeah, now. I know. I do, too. I smell fantastic. And I shave with the conditioner. Don't at me. Anyways, thank you, Andrew Lux, for the latest to enter. Steve McIntosh is watching on Game Plus in Hamilton and says, loudest arena he's ever been in. Game 3, 1987 Canada Cup in Hamilton. Steve, you got to tell me, was that the one Canada won it in? Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. Remember the goal? Andrei Belashenkin, the goalie for Russia. It sounded loud on our televisions across this country. Can't imagine what it was like in Cops Coliseum. Dougal Cameron watching on Game Plus TV in Calgary, Alberta. He says, Dougal Cameron here. Loudest stadium, Seattle Kingdom for the Raiders-Seahawks games in the 80s. Epic games and stadium noise. Ears would ring all the way back to Vancouver, where I lived back in the day. Yeah, I don't know how much of that interview with Doug Dirks that you heard. Doug Dirks, by the way. Stud. What was that video? That we, dog! <laughs> yeah. Doug Dirks. Dog! Stud. To sit back and talk about the stuff that we've seen and done. Yeah. And I was in the kingdom. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. I was in the kingdom in Seattle before they imploded it. Uh, funny stories there. Maybe we'll tell them tomorrow on our, if we have a football day, which I think we will. Uh, Kingdom was very loud, but when I was there, the Seahawks sucked. So it wasn't that loud. And they're writing in here about the uh, Mike Tyson video. I haven't seen it. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, thanks for playing. We'll see you all tomorrow. Any last thoughts, Moose, in the last 30 seconds? No, just uh, that's exciting. I mean, the, the loudest venue talk is great, and what a great show again. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. We have uh, business to do now, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you to Doug Dirks. Dog. Sean Reynolds. Stud. Marshall Paulus, cool. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern, right here on Game Plus and YouTube. Oh. <laughs> Nerds! Nerds! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.